Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning. My name is Mike McGowan. I'm the pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I'm really glad you're here today for a part two of this series, The People God Loves. Um, because, you know, although we know that God loves everybody, and he does, the truth is, is there are certain groups of people that God gives extra special attention to. The poor, widows, single moms, orphans, prisoners, children. Over and over and over and over again throughout the Bible, we see passage after passage where God gives these people his special attention and in a very special way comes to their rescue, comes to their aid, unlike he does with any other groups of people in the Bible. And so uh, in this series, we're taking a look at each one of these groups of people, seeing what God says he wants us to do to help them, and then going out and doing it. That's what we're doing during this series. Um, now last week we talked about how to help the poor. And one of the things we did was, is we, um, were collecting food to help feed poor people through Katie Christian Ministries. And if we had collected enough food to fill up the Katie Christian Ministries truck that was parked out here, that would feed 1500 people for a month. Well, we filled up the truck. Two and a half times. Yeah! That's what we did. And get this. That fed 1,500 people for about 10 weeks, a little over two months. I just talked to the, the, the CEO of Katie Christian Ministries actually in the room this morning. She told me right before the service, said, hey, that is the single largest food donation we have ever received. That is awesome. That is awesome. Because look, that's what happens when a group of people come together and use their efforts, because when we come together and use our efforts like that, we can almost single-handedly, at church our size, wipe out the need of one of these people groups, at least for a very long time. You know, here's the cool thing. Um, when we, we packed the truck the first time, um, that truck exceeded the weight capacity of the truck, and so the tires were rubbing on the wheel wells that was going down the street. I just thought it was awesome. So anyway... <laughs> All right, so today, that brings us to our subject today. And so today, we're talking about two groups of people. We're talking about single moms. And we're talking about widows. We're talking about single moms and we're talking about widows. When my kids were, uh, well, my kids are now seven and nine. So we're out of the, you know, midnight feeding and diaper changing business, thank goodness. And, um... But I'll tell you, when my kids were born, I was not prepared for how much that rocked my little self-centered world, okay? I had no idea how this little itty-bitty kid could monopolize every waking moment of my life and simultaneously deprive me of every sleeping moment as well. 
Yeah, you know what that's like. So anyway, I remember, I remember one night, my son Ben, I mean, he was crying his head off. And uh, Amy was, it was in the middle of the night, it was like 1 a.m. And she was rocking him and rocking, rocking him. And it, he'd been going on for so long, she was about to pull her hair out. I mean, you know how that just grates on you after a while. So anyway, so I went in, I said, hey, hon, let me just hold him for a while. Maybe I can get him, so you go get some rest. And so she did, she went, went to sleep. And so I'm sitting there rocking Ben, and he is crying. And not that like soft little cute cooing baby cry. No, this is like wake the dead cry, okay? I mean, he is really wailing. And, I'm, and after about half an hour of this, I'm on my last nerve. And so I thought, here's what I'm going to do. So, uh, so I put him on the ground, and just like Jesus, I walked up and I said, peace, be still. Okay. <laughs> and guess what happened? Nothing. So I did the second best thing. I went to the garage and I got my earphones that I use when I do woodworking stuff. And I put them on my head like that. And I picked him up and I said, cry you want, pal. I can't hear you. And so I just rocked him until he finally fell asleep. It was awesome. And, you know, and, and Amy and I, we've talked about that. And we've, we've talked about this a lot. That, you know what? We've talked about how hard it would be if we didn't have each other to share the load. And we've talked about how hard it must be to be a single mom because you never get a break. You you never get to share that load with anybody. It never stops. And for so many single moms, I mean, they're the only one. They don't get any help. Ever. I mean, it's got to be so incredibly difficult because single moms, I mean, not only are they working, a lot of them work two jobs and they come home and they've got everything to do that you and I do, but we have somebody to share it with. And I, the truth is, it's not that much easier on widows either because widows not only have all the stuff they got to do around the house, they also experience intense loneliness. And there's nobody there to help them with all those little things around the house like with the leaky faucet or to clean out the gutters or to change the oil or to do the yard work. And, and financially, a lot of times, they have so many needs. And so as we look at this this morning, I think if we all would just take a moment and think about what it would really feel like long-term to never have a break, to never share the load, to do it all by ourselves, I think we would quickly develop an enormous amount of compassion for widows and for single moms. And also, I think we'd be willing to do whatever it takes to help them in their time of need. And thankfully, God gives us some direction on this. Now, I want you to go ahead and pull out your message notes. I want you to look at the first passage with me. Let me give you a little context so that the passage will make sense to you. Here's what's going on. Moses is coming down from Mount Sinai with the second set of the Ten Commandments. If you know the story, Moses took the first set and he threw them on the golden calf that the people were worshiping as an idol and shattered them and shattered the idol as well. So he went back up to the mountain and God gave him a second set. And so Moses is now coming down the mountain with the second set of commandments. And then he makes this incredible proclamation to the people. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 10. Moses says this, he says, the Lord your God 
is more powerful than all other gods and lords. And his tremendous power is to be feared. His decisions are always fair. And you cannot bribe him to change his mind. Now, it's at this point that you would expect God to say something like, and the Lord will always protect you. Or, the Lord's mighty hand will smite all your enemies. You know, smite. Like, that's a great Bible word, right? Like, it smites your enemies. Or, you know, the Lord will bring peace and prosperity throughout the land. But he didn't say any of that. None of that is what he says. Instead, he brings up two groups of people that are near and dear to his heart. He says in verse 18, the Lord defends the rights of orphans and widows. In the Bible, God goes to great lengths to talk about their priority of caring for widows. Why? Well, because they were in a situation in life where they didn't have anyone to help them. Unlike any other situation of any other people group in the Bible, the widows were in a unique situation because they lived in a patriarchal society. The men had all the rights and all the power. Women had no rights and no voice at all. So if a woman became a widow, now if she was young, she was always adopted back into her family of origin or to her groom's family of origin. However, if she was older and didn't have any sons to take care of her and had no relatives, then she had no way to take care of herself. She didn't have a way to provide for her. And so it's for those group of people that God steps in and says, these people are special to me. You, as a nation, must take special care of these. Now, there's a group of people that exist in our society that literally were virtually non-existent in the Bible. And those are the single moms. In the Bible, if someone became a single mom, they were always, always adopted back into their family of origin, and they always took care of them. However, in our society, there are single moms that find themselves single, cannot move because of job situation, and they have no family nearby. And so they find themselves in the exact same situation as a widow in the Bible. Because they don't have anybody nearby. Nobody to help them. Nobody to help provide for them. Nobody to help meet their needs. And I truly believe that if that situation existed during Bible times, that God would have folded single moms into these same commands it talks when he talks about widows. Because their situation is virtually identical. It just didn't exist in the Bible. So for, today, for the sake of today's message, when we read about widows... Just for the day's message, we're including single moms in those categories, okay? So, that begs the question, what can I do to help widows and single moms? What can I do to help them? Well, here's the first thing, and this is your first fill in the morning, and that is this. Make sure they're not overlooked. Make sure they're not overlooked. Let me tell you what was going on in the Bible before we read this verse. The New Testament church was exploding with growth. I mean, growth. People were coming to Christ in droves. And so the organization of the church could hardly keep up with the growth. And so, as you might expect, people were kind of beginning to fall through the cracks. All right? And interestingly enough, the only group ever mentioned in the Bible that they needed to make sure they didn't overlook were the widows. Look what the Bible says in Acts 6.1. It says, 
in those days, when the number of disciples was increased, that means people were coming to Christ, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, the point of this passage is to do this. It's to make sure that we don't overlook anyone who has a need. We're not to overlook anyone who's got a need. So listen, let me ask you this. If God pays special attention to the plight of single moms and to widows, if he pays special attention to them, when was the last time you did something to help a single mom or a widow? I'm talking about more than just praying for them. Literally, when was the last time you went out and did something to help someone in that situation? When was the last time you did that? Honestly, I personally have been searching to find a way to practically help people in this type of situation. And and it's difficult to do at times. And so I came across an organization in our city called the Star of Hope. They they have the big part of their ministry is to specifically reach out to single moms who find themselves in desperate situations. So I sat down with one of the directors of Star of Hope and talked with them about what some of the needs are. I want you to hear that conversation, and then I'm going to come back and talk about it. So let's go ahead and roll the video. I'm here today with Scott Arthur, the Director of Public Relations here at the Star of Hope Shelter um, in Houston. They actually have multiple places in Houston where Star of Hope is located, so they're a very decentralized organization. But one of the key things they do is they help meet the very desperate and dire needs of single moms, especially those that live in inner city Houston. And out where we live, we don't see near the plight that is evident literally every day that they see here at Star of Hope. So, um, so Scott, why don't you start by just kind of telling us just a few minutes about Star of Hope and uh, that kind of thing, if you would, please. Well, thank you, Mike, and I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Yeah. The Star of Hope is a $23 million organization with four facilities and 200 employees. We have a lot of people. We have a lot of people to take care of, too. We take care of 1,100 men, women, and children, including single women, every single day. Wow. We serve 2,800 meals every single day. Last year, we put 55,000 diapers on little homeless bottoms. <laughs> I mean, the face of homelessness is not what most people think. Most people right. think, when you think homelessness, you think that guy on the street with a sign that says, right. we'll work for food, right. God bless. That is about 1% of the 14,000 person population of homeless here in town. What we deal with is what we call the hidden homeless. That's about 80% of that population. And a big part of that population is single women. We have a lot of single moms. When a single mom comes to Star of Hope, It's usually under duress. And it'll probably be at the Women and Family Emergency Shelter. And it is just that, an emergency shelter. They literally are coming off the streets. The Transitional Living Center uh, offers 12 to 18 month programs for families and of course single women. We have 44 single women opportunities here. And uh, the women stay in dormitories and they'll attend classes probably maybe three or four different classes at a time, and each one of those classes is three months long. 
And at the end of those three-month classes, we celebrate them with a graduation. They can actually come up here on stage and we put them in caps and gowns. Their family comes, their Star of Hope family comes, and we celebrate them. Sometimes they don't keep in touch with us after they leave. You know, I mean, after about 18 months, we hope that they go on to a more uh, independent, productive life, and we certainly want them to. After about six months here at the Transitional Living Center, we encourage them to get a job. And once they get a job, we say, okay, let's take your paycheck. We'll take a little bit for program fees, if you can afford it. If not, that's okay. And then the rest we're going to put aside so that when they do leave here, we hand them a check and say, this is your savings account. So God bless you and go on from here. Take all these tools and use these and become productive members and independent members. For those who do keep in touch with us, we have an 87% success rate. We are so grateful that Parkway Fellowship is helping us. They are literally changing lives. I know that uh, they're watching this now and saying, okay, I can give you some diapers, I can give you this, I can give you that. And you may not give a second thought after that, but believe me, whatever donations you give us are going to be an investment into the future life of a single woman, maybe a child, and it really means a lot. It really does. I mean, even if it's just a quick act of giving us something right here and right now, it's going to make a difference. You know, one of the things I like best about the uh, Star of Hope is that um, it's not just a one-time help for these people and then they're back on the street and then back again. 87% of the people that eventually walk out of the Star of Hope to start a new life keep that new life. So every investment we make as Christ followers in an organization like this literally does change a life for a lifetime. For those people, this place really does end up becoming a star of hope. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. Hey, did you hear what he said? 87% of the people that walk out of the star of hope don't ever need to come back. That's proof that a Christ-centered organization is incredibly effective at actually changing lives. But God says there's more than we have to do. Here's the second thing that we have to do, and that is this. We need to help those who really have needs. We need to help those who really have needs. In uh, 1 Timothy 5.3, the Bible says this. It says, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. Look, I mean, even in the Bible, there were some widows. I mean, they didn't, they didn't really need any help. I mean, maybe their, maybe their husband had been really wealthy, and so they had plenty of money, or maybe they had people that lived nearby that could help them. They didn't need it. But then there were others who desperately did need their help. And so they had to figure out which ones needed the help and which ones didn't. You look, and it's the same thing with us. There's widows and single moms that don't really need help. But there are others who desperately need help. And so what we've done is we've sent out some, email, uh, some emails to our church to, see, to find out who the single moms and widows are that are in our church, associated with our church, and figure out what their needs are. And we've done our best to compile those, that list of people, compile their needs, and go and verify what those needs really are. And so we have a, a list of people in our church that are widows and single moms that have real needs. I mean, some of them need things like uh, their leaky faucet 
fixed or a running toilet. There's one that has a deck that's rotted and needs to be just torn down and hauled away. Others need yard work done. Others need, have holes in their sheetrock. They need them to be repaired. I mean, lots of lots of little things, but there's lots and lots of it. And so those needs are all right here in our church. And so that brings us to number three. Here's the third thing. Do something about it. You got to do something about it. I mean, I know it seems a little obvious, but it needs to get said because if it didn't need to get said, the need wasn't there. We wouldn't even be having this service today. We don't need to be talking about it. Okay. Look what James chapter one says. I love this verse. Awesome. Religion that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. Would you circle the two words, look after? Those two words, that word look after, the term look after is really one word in the original Bible language. It's the the word skeptomai. And it really means to visit in order to help. It means to visit in order to help. It means that when we go and help one of these people, we're going to look after them. It means that we have to go, not just go, oh man, that's a lot. Now we're going to pray for you. No, it means you go and you do something about it. You go and you help them. And the one thing I love about the Star of Hope is that it's actually a mission. It's not just a nonprofit organization. It's a, it is. It's a mission. And so the director told me that they diligently share Christ with every single mom in their family that comes into the Star of Hope because they fully believe that without Christ that they would not see 87% of the people really being helped for long term, that the number would be significantly lower. So they're a very Christ-centered, Christ-based organization. And because they realize that Christ is the one that changes lives. You know, I mean, the truth is, it's the same with us. Christ is the one that has changed our lives. For those in this room that have already become Christ followers, it's Christ that has changed us. And maybe you've never taken that first step. Maybe you've never chosen to become a Christ follower. Maybe you've been thinking about it, you know, since Easter last week. See, Jesus came to this earth so that he could offer a way for our sins to be forgiven. Because our sins create distance, create a barrier. They separate us from God. And when Jesus came to this earth and he died on a cross, he died so that his death could pay for our sins and take them away. And so he offers us that free gift of his forgiveness. But we still have to accept it. And if you were to die without ever accepting that free gift of forgiveness, then you would spend eternity separated from God in hell. But God doesn't want anybody to go there. He wants every one of us to go to heaven. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And so now he's waiting for you to accept that free gift. Now look, here's the thing. When you accept that free gift of forgiveness, um, that's not the end of it, okay? It's kind of like when you get married. You know, when you get married and you go stand in front of, you know, the preacher and your friends and you say, I do. That's just the start, man. I mean, you spend the rest of your life figuring out how to be married, okay? And it's the same thing when you follow Christ. When you say, I do, to his offer to receive forgiveness, 
that's just the first step. Becoming a Christ follower is really from that point on learning how to follow him as best you can from that day forward. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. It's more than just saying, okay, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. And then going on your merry own way. That's not it at all. It starts there, but it doesn't end there. So let me ask you, have you ever accepted Christ into your heart by asking for, for, for his forgiveness and then following up by living your life for him? If you haven't, then you're not a Christ follower, not yet. But you can become one this morning. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before and meant it, would you pray that prayer right now? Would you do it right now? Maybe you've been thinking about it since Easter. But pray that prayer right now, if you would. Because here's the deal. When we finally become a Christ follower, then we're at a place for God to use us to help widows, I mean, to help single moms and to help widows in very meaningful ways. And yeah, you can help them without becoming a Christ follower, but I'm telling you, God would use you in such a more powerfully impacting way in a life-changing way, like the Star of Hope does, because Christ lives in you. So, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to pull out your connection card. I want you to hold it right next to your message notes. Because I want you to check on the card and on the notes the next steps or steps that you feel like God's asking you to take today. And listen, you need to keep the, the, your sermon notes with you, but it has some extra information on it that you're going to need. So you're going to turn the card in, but you're going to keep the sermon notes. Here's the first one. I will bring a box, just like last week. Don't bring a bag, okay? Don't put stuff in a bag. We can't stack bags. Put in a box. A box of clothes or necessities to donate to the Star of Hope mission in the, to the foyer of Parkway Fellowship today, starting at 1 o'clock, going to 8 o'clock tonight, or tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And after that, it's over. Okay? So today or tomorrow. This is the last week we're going to do that kind of a collection thing. We have other projects planned. But I want you to do that today. Now, here's what they need. Okay? The assignments are a little bit more specific than what we did last week. Men. This is where you need to be looking at your sermon notes. Men, bring a pack of diapers, either size four, five, or six, and a shampoo and conditioner. If you want to get like a two-in-one bottle, like that's fine. But they need shampoo and conditioner and diapers. Women, here's what they need. Bring a pack of new underwear, new, don't like, you know, don't want that, and socks, your own size. That will make sure that they get all kinds of sizes, okay? Brings underwear and socks, your own size, plus one feminine product and one deodorant. These are the desperate needs that they have at the Star of Hope. Children, if you have kids, and don't do it, like last week, don't do it for your kids. Let your kids go do it or take them to go do it. Let them spend their own money. Let them actually pick it out. Here's what we want the kids to bring. Kids, bring a baby bottle, a toothbrush, and a woman's razor. A baby bottle, toothbrush, and a woman's razor. Pack all that stuff in a box and bring it today from 1 to 8 or tomorrow from 8 to 8. Bring it to the foyer. Because, and we're going to pack it, we're going to just stack it in the foyer. Because number two, here's the second next step. Maybe this is you. I will come to Parkway Fellowship at 10 a.m. on Tuesday, April 17th, to help load all the donated goods into the Star of Hope truck. They're bringing their truck here at 10 o'clock Tuesday morning. And we're going to load it and send it on down. And if it's got to be two loads, they'll send it back. That'll be awesome. All right, here's the go. Number three. 
I want to volunteer at the Star of Hope Women's and Family Shelter or Center and want the volunteer coordinator for Parkway Fellowship to contact me to give me more info. We have someone here that's a liaison between our church and Star of Hope that will send you information. Look, there's tons of stuff you could do. You go down and you could sort clothes. You can work um, in their, um, I, I've done this before, they're like their little shop where people come and poor people come and shop for clothes. Um, you can serve meals down there. Man, I've served a meal down there. It's unbelievable when you get to do something like that. There's tons of different things that you could do down at the Star of Hope. And they have four different shelters that you can pick from. All right, here, number four. Sign me up to help the widows and single moms of our church who need light home repair and car repair projects done. And our volunteer coordinator at Parkway Fellowship will contact you, okay? If you would be willing, you might not even know how to do stuff, don't worry. We'll make sure that you're with a group of people that does. But if you're just willing to help the widows and single moms in our church, check that box. We'll get you contacted, connected this week. Or maybe this is the next one. I pray to become a Christ follower today for the first time in my life. Did you do that? Was today your first time? Then check this box. But I also want you to pick up a new believer packet. It's on a little table as you walk outside the door. Grab one of those on your way out today. Or maybe it's this last one. I'll memorize James 1.27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. So would you be willing to take one of these next steps and look after these groups of people that are very close to God's heart? Let me pray for you as Pat and the worship team come back up. Father, I thank you so much for today. And I thank you, God, that that you really do want to use us as a group to help not just poor people, but also help widows and single moms who find themselves in a desperate hour of need all by themselves, some of them for the very first time. And so I ask you in Jesus' name that you would help use us, all of us, to provide some needs at the Star of Hope, Lord, but also to help the widows and single moms that are in our church, associated with Parkway Fellowship, that desperately need some help because they can't do it on their own. So, Lord, I'm asking you to use us, all of us, in whatever capacity to help those that hold a special place in your heart and bring us back safely next week to hear more of what you want to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 